Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello, footy fans, and welcome to another season of How Good Is Rugby League, your favorite podcast. I'm Emmanuel Penkless, and joining me once again, the great man, Michael Corbin. Emmanuel, we are back. We're back. Season five. Season five. Who would have thought? Over 100 episodes. Five years in. And about 16 Panthers premierships later. Uh, you're, still not, you're still not sick of me. I'm not sick of you yet. Well, See how this season goes. I didn't goes. say that, Michael. I didn't say that. But, Emmanuel, it has been a bit of a quiet off-season, wouldn't you say? Uh, very, very quiet off-season. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever goes wrong, goes right. Um, it's, all, it's, all, it's all happening. But in terms of rugby league standards, uh, good on them. The Basically, the biggest story of the offseason, the biggest player fiasco was uh, Adam Reynolds trying to push Patrick Carrigan into a cab a yep. week and a half ago uh, after the boys were out on the drink. But other than that, and honestly, I couldn't care less about that. No. Other than that, it's been a pretty good offseason for the NRL players. Very, very surprising. Very, very commendable. Maybe the the allure of Vegas has kept some of yeah, these well, people look, well behaved. Yeah, yeah, round zero. I don't know if round zero counts as the offseason. We'll see what yeah. happens. There, a lot <laughs> a lot could go wrong. Game you, day does not, but the rest of the time does count of, as the offseason. City of sin. Who knows what's going to happen over yeah. there. Um, players have already been banned from Tinder and given warnings and everything. But, yeah, we'll... we'll Delve into that later. Yes. Uh, the big news of the offseason, I think, was the Tigers finally clearing house on their board. Yeah, very, impre- very impressive, very swift. Um, I, imp- I'm impressed. I, I genuinely am. They, they brought in Barry O'Farrell as the chairman. Um, they brought in Shane Richardson, uh, who is a known and proven operator. He's, he's brought success to Penrith, brought success to Souths. Um, he was instrumental in the Sharks winning a premiership in the late 90s. He was involved in the bid for the um, Brisbane Bombers, I think it was, that lost, ended up losing out to the, the Dolphins. Uh, but very impressive. Has already made some big decisions, which I, I think are really good for the Tigers. And you know he's doing a good job because Buzz Rothfield is already hounding him in the papers. Yeah, there was an article that came out in November where I think the there was the Tigers had done something. Uh, their board was asked a question and they refused to comment. And everyone was like, this is the greatest story ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just refused to comment. We're done. That's it. And it was like, wow, they really have changed. Uh, Benji obviously looks like he's taking over as well. First year as head coach permanently. Yeah. Seems like he's cleared house of what he doesn't want in the, in, in the organization. He's going to run it his way, which is a good sign as well. Yeah. So, um, as collateral damage, I guess, Scott Fulton, um, and the Tigers parted ways, which I think has also, you know, been really good for Benji because it gives him the air to make the decisions. And Richardson is probably a better operator, I would say, than, uh, Scott Fulton, um, who just seemed to be uh, producing a line of players from Manly, and that was it. Yep. 
Uh, the other big news, the big talking point of the offseason is when are we getting an 18th team and where is it going to be? Yes, that's right. It has been a huge talking point. It's gone to the levels of government, Michael. Very important. Uh, we're expecting to be able to vote on it, I believe, is, yeah. is um, what you're wanting. <laughs> Um, nope. <laughs> but no, so the, the big push is for Papua New Guinea, but there's been a lot of articles in the paper the last week talking about the Bears. Uh, News Corp papers had an inter- interview with Patrick Delaney, the head of Fox, basically saying that they're endorsing the, the return of the Bears and how great it would be for the game uh, and how it would be like when Souths returned and really professionalised. None of the articles failed to mention that News Corp was the reason that Souths and the Bears were both excluded from the competition at one point, but, you know. There's no bit in this in your tone. No, there is, and not. Uh, and people yes. have short memories in rugby league. But Very. Very exciting. I'm not so convinced. I, we were just talking about this before we came on. Um, I'm not so convinced about PNG. Either, I, either am I, just based off the fact that Port Moresby isn't, like the stadium there I don't think is a good enough quality to handle NRL week in, week out. Now, maybe that changes in the next few years. The big push from the government is to stave off uh, Chinese... Um, yeah, Chinese interest in... Yeah, in and I think it's New from a relationship purpose. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I don't know, I guess, how it all plays out. We already struggle a bit with one international team. Um, I would prefer to see more... Um, focus on the existing areas. Uh, to be honest, I, I would be looking at another team in, in Southeast Queensland or Central Queensland even. I'd be possibly thinking about another team in New Zealand if you're going to go for another international team. Um, and there's a there's sort of uh, support, you say, for a Perth team. Yeah, the coaches did a poll this week, uh, last week, I think Daily Telegraph did it, and I think over 50% of the coaches voted for Perth to be the eighth team team. And look, if you're going to call yourself a national competition, I've always said this, you're going to call yourself a national competition. You can't just be on the East Coast. Got to go West. Yeah. So Perth is, for me, uh, the front runner in my mind, Who the team that should be uh, the eighth team team. New Zealand would be, second New Zealand team would be my second pick. Yeah. Just because of how the game's growing over there and how well the Warriors did last year. And you could see how much their fans wanted to support them, and if there was another team, I'm sure it would be similarly backed. Yeah, 100%. And look, I think the game had just has more is more dominant in some markets than the AFL. The AFL has a clear dominance in the West, and I appreciate we had a team there before that they were collateral damage from Super League, and, and maybe there is the potential. And Souths and the Roosters and others have taken games there. We've taken origin there. But I don't see why you wouldn't be going on and capitalising in somewhere like New Zealand where there, I think there is potential for incredible growth in rugby league. I know some of the bigger clubs, I know Souths and the Roosters and a couple of others do a lot of recruitment over there already. Um, and, you know, even in central Queensland, I know that the Bulldogs, I think, have uh, linked up with Rockhampton or Toowoomba. Um, Souths um, and the Roosters have scouts up there too. It's just, it, to me, it seems like a, a logical place to be uh, for the game and then eventually go national. But we'll see what they do. I think that probably for the for the game, they'll go what, what drives the dollar. And I think Perth will be the market, to be honest. It just seems like the most lucrative. Yeah, so I, th- I think they will go Papua New Guinea. Uh, I don't know if, how it'll work, but yeah, they'll be based out of, I believe, Cairns a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah, 
I think Papua New Guinea will be the team or or a Pacific Island type team. Yeah. Um, whether that's the Bears, I don't know. Uh, but boring stuff out of the way. Mm. What everyone wants to hear from us. Yes. How we think the 2024 season is going to go. We are so good at this, Emmanuel, that last year we had the Broncos both missing the eight. So our opinions are golden. Imagine tuning in five years ago, five years in a row to hear us get it wrong. But, you know, what? some people... Yeah, just... so us uh, experts uh, are about to give you what the ladder will look like for 2024. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to go through last year's ladder, work from the bottom to the top. And that means that we start with a team that we've already mentioned, uh, the Tigers. Yeah. So the Tigers, we've spoken about um, a lot of changes over the offseason, a lot of off-field personnel changes, uh, new coach, new chairman, new CEO. I think it's a it's a good thing for them. There, there are green shoots there. We saw it last year. Um, we saw it last year, I think, in most randomly in the game against Penrith. Like It, it was a team that was just uh, loss after loss after loss and suddenly out of nowhere plucked this game out of the air. Um, and beat the Premiers uh, in that weather. But, you know, they've lost a halfback, which I think is probably a good thing for both parties, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them this year. Um, I still have them missing the eight. I actually have them 15th. Okay. So I actually have the Tigers 12th. Okay. Um, yes, Luke Brooks is gone yep. for the better. Mm-hmm. His time at that club was up. Mm-hmm. Uh there was just signs last year that, like, when when they did start getting rolling, there was a point where they looked good. They beat, they put what sixty points on the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and then within consecutive weeks, they lost Coruscant, Brooks, and one other player. Um, but their shining light was Dream Buller last year. Yes. Uh, and I think he's going to get even better after an off season of training at that position. Remember, he didn't start the season there. Uh. Benji, I think, will have his... They've got Aiden Caesar now in the halves, who is a solid half. They've got Bud Sullivan playing six, who is just electric. I want to see what Benji can get out of him. They've got a good forward pack. Yeah. Isaiah Papalili, John Bateman, um, Stefano Utukamano, who is one of the better young props in the game. And then you've got the leadership of Abby Coruscant, a three-time premiership winner, uh, who, when they were playing last year, he was so far better than everyone else. That- it was... It was very sad. Yeah, like he was he was doing the right thing at a dummy half and no one would follow. Yeah. But that's going to change. I think that will improve this year. Yeah, look, I, I hope so. To be honest, I think it's going to be a challenge to pull it all together, especially with a new spine. I, I, I appreciate Caesar's really good, but Buller, I was a bit concerned, might have second-year syndrome. It hinges a lot on Uppy's experience, um, and he is getting older, and just the risk that Benji might not be able to pull it all together. He's yeah. got he's got experience in the football department now and off the field. Um, but it is, his, like it is his yeah. first season as coach. And, and how does he manage it where after the Tigers have a couple of early wins, they you know they lose three or four in a row and, and, and the criticism starts to mount at the club? Yeah. Uh, the other thing uh, that did happen in the offseason as well was for next year, yeah. they've signed Jerome Luai. Yes. So that is... That is that, the story. That is that was the story of the offseason. We're yeah. waiting for the Tigers to bring that up. But yeah. yes, huge story. They get a serious playmaker uh, who gets the the chance to run his own team. So that is a pressure on him. But I think he can. I think he can do it. 
Well, he has to. Yeah, he has he to. Has to. He, that's he, that's the opportunity that he wanted. He's getting paid big bucks to do it. Yeah, and and you know, like for the Tigers this year, that could really be the trigger that that brings other people across. Yep. Um, although I don't know that anyone is specifically wanting to play with Jerome Luai, like with Greg Inglis or no. Nathan Cleary or Brad Fittler or someone no, like but that. Might, but it, that, but that, it might bring a couple of others across. But if if it starts working, they might want to go play for Benji. Yes. That's a difference. Yes, that is the difference. Especially the Kiwi players. That's it. Uh, okay. So you have them 15th. I have them 12th. Yep. Uh, number 16 last year was the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Correct. Uh, rough off season for them. Uh, obviously, new coach Shane Flanagan. Uh, but any single player that they decided to go after uh, seemed to turn their back on them and went in a different direction. Uh, the likes of Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, Tom did, and to name a few, just they they couldn't get the signings that they wanted. I think it's going to be a tougher first year than Flano probably envisioned when he took the job on. Yeah, I have them finishing in the same spot as last year. So do I. I, I do. Yeah, 16th. I actually think it's going to be. They do have a um, softer draw than you know a lot of other teams. I think that they've got the thirteenth. Hardest draw, which I think works out to fifth easiest. So, um, but they, you know, they start with a doubleheader in Queensland. They play a Titans team that's under a new coach. They play a more experienced Dolphins team, and you know, the, this the losses. If they start, you know, it's it's one of those teams where they're really going to need their confidence um, early on. But having said that, they've also had years where they they've started so well and then fallen away. Yeah. So I think Flanagan's got a few challenges ahead, and I'm not. I'm expecting. A gradual turnaround from then, but I think it'll be one of those seasons where you probably won't see improvement until like the last six weeks of the year. Yeah, a big question is what happens to Ben Hunt? Yeah, does he want to stay out the season there? We already saw last year he wanted to get out, and then he's recommitted for this year. Uh, my other big question is who's going to be the fullback? Is it going to be Zach Lomax, who I think should get the spot, or are they going to risk it again with Tyrell Sloan, who for me just doesn't have the right attitude to play fullback? Now yeah. maybe maybe Flano can get that out of him. But for me, him, and then you've got Kyle Flanagan playing six. We've seen what he's like in the half. I think he's a better hooker than he is a half. I think their spine is just, there's too many questions around it uh, for me to, you know. Um, and he, and he, Flanagan well. will tinker with it. Like he will, he will probably sure spend will. A, a broad part of the year trying to work out who is best placed to play where and with who. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be a challenge for them this year. Yeah, I think one shining light for them last year was Blake Laurie, yep. who has put his hand up to push for an origin jersey this year. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but he was excellent last year. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, okay, so last year's 15th place side was Canterbury. Yep. Um, I read, Mike, that they've pretty much cleared their entire roster from 21 now pretty much which is when gus joined in august of that year so two and a half years completely new roster uh they've picked up picked up some handy players they've picked up some game breakers as well um steven Crichton, we all know what i think of him uh when he's not traumatizing me in my dreams but you know um it's it's a big year for the Bulldogs. They need to get this together. They need to get this right. They need to make the finals. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to deliver this year. See, I don't... I, mean, I don't think they're going to get there. No. But, th- but I feel like that the knives are out for this coach who's had all the hype. The knives are going to be out for Stephen Crichton, who's just like 
going to be expected to deliver for them and they've got to pull together all these players. But I think the problem they've got, and sorry for cutting you off, is they've probably got too many people that can play a variety of positions but not necessarily have the focus. Yes. So that's my question. Was Questionable recruiting in the fact that they've hired all these role players who can fill in at multiple positions. Your Jake Turpins, your Jamin Salmons, your Drew Hutchinson's. Blake Taff. Blake Taff, right. They're all these uh, utility players, but aren't really like set in one position. Yeah, even and Liam you, Knight, Liam like Knight. as a forward, he just yeah. sort of mixes and there, But then, you know, you brought, you've paid Stephen Crichton big money. All the all the teams that they've put out in the in the trials so far yeah. have Blake Taft playing fullback. Yeah. Whereas I thought that your best option would be Stephen Crichton at fullback. Uh, he's an amazing center, right? A bold prediction for the for the big bold prediction. Uh, for the start of the podcast, uh, for the first time in his career, he will not be playing in the grand final. Yep. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I, he might not be playing finals. No, exactly. Yeah. He might not play finals football. Um, Do you have him but, there? No, I have him fifteenth. Yeah. Uh, I. There's going to be improvement. I think last year they were, despite what the latter said, they were the worst team in the comp last year. I think they'll improve. Yeah. But there's still questions around who's going to be the number seven. Uh, Sexton, I think, is injured at the moment. Drew Hutchinson's going to start there. Very capable number seven. Not going to set the world on fire. Yeah. Um, really lacking in the middles. But the thing about the Bulldogs is, and I know you said there's a lot of pressure this year. You have a look at how they went in Howard Matthews, SG Ball, and Reserve Grade last year, and they won all three. Yeah. And that's because the guys that they've cut coming through who are ages 17 to 20, and we know what Gus's approach is. He does not want to blood young players too early. So those guys there, they've got so much depth coming through, but they're just not ready yet. Yeah. So their middle forward pack, their middles at the moment are quite weak, uh, as in first-grade talent, but the guys that they've got coming through, and this is all Gus is doing, is he set up that pathway that they're going to be good. It's, But I just don't think it's going to be this year, and there is going to be pressure. It's going to be unwar- – like, it's, it, it's going to happen, and when Gus has as big an enemy as all of News Corp – Mm. there's going to be pressure coming from everywhere. Mm. You know, this is the year, Mike. So every year that's ended in four since 1974, Canterbury have made the grand final. Uh-huh. And every every second of those, they've yeah. won. Okay. So 74 loss, 84 win, 94 loss, 04 win, 14 loss. This is their year, according to the stats. Yeah, I, I, But it's, yeah. it's not going to happen. I have them coming 12th, but I agree with you. Um, they're doing very well in the juniors. Um, but I, I just I don't see it for them this year. It's a lot of pressure on Stephen Crichton, and they've got to work out all these players coming in and what roles they're going to play. Yep. Okay. 14th last year. Was. The Gold Coast Titans. Yes. No, it was the Dolphins. No, it was the Titans. It was the Dolphins. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Must have been a born against. This is why people tune into us. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Professionals. Dolphins last year, they excited everyone, most particularly South supporters, after their success in round one uh, against the Roosters. Uh, everyone was on the Dolphins train. Fins up, baby. But they fell away. They lacked a bit of depth. Um, I'm going to clip this thins yeah. up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all the, <laughs> I the love Wayne. Rest. Wayne yeah. is Wayne is the best. Um, yeah, I, this year that they've recruited really well. Yeah, uh, they 
he's just got a knack of finding them, and you think, what a great, what a great purchase for the team. Two of the best players in the grand final last year: Herbie Farnworth and Tom Flegler. Yeah, um, Jake Avarillo, who I think has all the talent in the world. It's just never been; they've never been able to find the right position for him. Uh, their their depth is actually insane for a mm. team that is two years into this competition. They've got more depth than 90% of the competition yep. at the moment, which is just one, a credit to Wayne, to a credit to the pathways that they've got already, that, that was already established up there. That was one of the big reasons why the Dolphins were Team 17 was they had this amazing nursery. Uh, but yeah, I am, I'm excited for the Dolphins this year. Yeah. And, and I have them finishing eighth ooh. in uh, Wayne Winningsham finals football. Brilliant. I have them yeah. sixth. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, you um, better than I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just think um, the hammer is going to be absolutely critical to their success. And But just going back to the recruitment for one sec, not only has he just recruited these brilliant players and is he developing others, but the hammer is there until end of 2027. Herbie's there till the end of 26. Avrilo, 26. Asako, 26. Um, and then Flegler, 27. And Tom Gilbert, 28. So this is a... Um, this is not a short term Wayne's coming in and then he's out of here. He's regardless of where he goes and what he does, he's set it up really well for long-term success. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm very excited to watch them. I love Wayne Bennett coach teams. I think they play really good, expansive football. They throw it around a lot. They get really creative. Um, and the speed in this team, I I just think it is just going to thrill the comp. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Tom Gilbert, who we lost last year during origin towards his peck, Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, he was a big loss for them. He's their number 13. He was amazing to start the year, so he's going to be a big in. Uh, and hopefully we get a healthy season from Sean O'Sullivan. Yes. Right? Isaiah Katoa as well, second year in the NRL. He was basically thrown into the fire last year, having to play six for this brand new club. He's going to be a lot better. Uh, hopefully, as I said, uh, healthy season from Sean O'Sullivan. you got Cody Nicarima there in 14. So like, there's there's just team is... His team is well built. It's very deep. J- Jeremy Marshall King, again, another huge player for them uh, who missed a bit of time last year. Excellent hooker. They're, Wayne gets the best out of players. Yeah. And that's why the signing someone like Jake Avarillo, who was a bit you know, lost at the Bulldogs, I think he's going to be one of the best centers this year. Yeah, and I, I think the challenge for them this year is going to be their defense. Yeah. Um, as the season fell away, it was, you know, they had no issue scoring points, but they would just get outscored. Uh, and I think, you know, an, an off season, another off season with Wayne, you bring in some of these harder edge players and and um, that'll sort itself out. Yep. Uh, team 13, now it's the Titans. Now it's the Titans. Des Haslam, Michael Corbin. Mm-hmm. This appointment really just sort of, rocked everyone. It was so unexpected. It caught everyone off guard. It was very un-Gold Coast-like. It was very Des-like. Very un-Gold Coast-like, but every single person who saw the news was like, excellent, excellent signing. Excellent. Well done. Did it perfectly. Well, look, unfortunately, Holbrook lost his job, but like the way they handled their business, they got Des, they got their guy, and it's the culture shift that that team needs. We've known the Titans can score points. Yeah. That is, and it's, you know, between... The three Southeast Queensland teams, it's a lot of premiership experience for the non Broncos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's just I just think it's it's a really good thing for Brisbane. It keeps them on their toes, but it's just really good to have that healthy competition in the Southeast. Yeah. Uh they've also got like a, their four their middle rotation, you got uh 
Tino, you've got Jamin Jolliffe, you've got Mo Fodawaker. They signed Palacia from the Broncos. Uh, so their their middles are excellent. Bo Fermor was back, who was their best second rower in 2022, who missed last year because of an ACL injury. David Feed is going to be back. They've finally made the decision to play AJ Brimson at centre, and Jaden Campbell's going to be the fullback. This team, I expect big things from the Titans this year. I have them finishing seventh. Okay. I have them ninth. Okay. I and I, I which for me with Hasler is a huge risk because he just finds a way. But and I should have, you know, said this from the outset. I, I look at this ladder from last year and we we will at the end talk about this, but it's like I'm struggling to find a lot of teams that will fall out of the eight because I think a lot of teams have the potential to finish anywhere between fifth and fourteenth. Or sorry, fifth and twelfth, but and the Gold Coast fall into that. I have so I have them finishing ninth. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like he he is an awesome coach, and and if he gets it right and does it properly, it, I think would be brilliant. It, you know, I just think the way it ended at the Bulldogs, and then even this time at Manly, and the way he sort of ended up structuring his rosters especially at Manly, where there was so much reliance on, on you know, three out of four members of Spine, that's probably the bit where he's got to improve. But I think him and Foran work together, come up with a plan and, and just work with what's going on. The other good thing for them is, like, I just had a look, a lot of players um, will be coming off contract and I think it's going to give him a bit of room to move around. He might link up with a couple of players at Manly that he likes and um, who knows, maybe DCE will end up on the Gold Coast one more time. Maybe. You know, Ben Hunt is... Yeah, shown interest in wanting to play there as well. So I think the one thing that Des does have in Gold Coast that he didn't have at the tight at Manly is Des ran Manly. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's as in charge. As, like there's there's other people who have says at, at the Gold Coast, uh, but they're like trial form just on the weekend. Their defensive intensity was much better than what I've seen, and like this is a trial game, so like. Can't take too much out of it, but it looked more fluid. Their defense looked more fluid, looked like there was better communication. And signs, I think, are pointing in the right direction with this team. Yeah. All the talent in the world. And I think I've had them finishing in the top eight five of the five years we've been doing this. I think they did it once, but I think this is a year that they finally do it. Yep. I'm with you. Okay. 12th was last year was Manly. Yep. I have them finishing 14th. I have them finishing 14th as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. And there is one reason, the coach. Mm -hmm. I do not think that Seabold is a great coach. Mm -hmm. uh, That's it. uh, You can see me. I'm wearing this jersey. Yeah. You know my feelings. We have this conversation once a week. Um, That's it. Yeah. That's it. Even last year, there was all the hype after they won the preseason comp. Yeah. they start, Seabold's teams notoriously start fast. Look at the Broncos in 2020. They won two games in a row, and then what happened? Everyone, they won those two games, then we had the COVID break, and then they fell off a cliff, the Broncos. That yeah. is. And they finished last. We have, to, I think, you know, we have to talk about it. Luke Brooks, obviously, yeah. is coming, and there's there's going to be a bit of a. They're going to have to work out what goes on there and, and how those two work, um, Brooks and Cherry Evans. I think it'll free Brooks up. Brooks just doesn't have to think. It's it's Daly's team. Brooks just plays off the back of it, and I think it'll it'll make Brooks look like a lot better player. Yeah. 
I don't think that's the big question mark. The big question mark for me is, one, Tom's health. Mm. Every year, it's something that happens and he misses a lot of time or is ruled out for the season. Yeah. They're, even even But even with him, I still don't think they're a top eight team. Uh, the, the other big question is Josh Schuster, who's yeah. already going to miss the start of a season because of an injury. We've seen this happen. He comes into the offseason unfit and unhealthy and you know they're paying him $800,000 to now play on an edge. And he might not get that spot when he returns because it looks like Ben Dravojevic might be taking it. Yeah. So, big question there. Yeah. You know, and you know the the other thing with Brooks is like a lot of his success is really going to hinge on how he he combines with Dravojevic as well because Manly's game plan has been so much about turbo that Brooks really provides that alternative sort of combination. Where does Dravojevic come into it as well? So, I'm not sold on them. And they, you know, they lost Sean Kepi too, who's just like the greatest player to ever play for Manly. Um, to Souths, so yeah. um, Kawato as well. Just last year, started the season in red hot form, and then fell off a bit of a cliff. He was everyone was saying he's going to lock up one of the edge spots for New South Wales, and then came come Origin time, he wasn't even in consideration because he wasn't his form didn't carry over week to week. Yeah, so they need more consistency. They can't just start strong; they need to finish strong, and that's been the problem for Manly the last few years. Yeah, they ha- they have a pretty tough tough draw as well. I mean, obviously yep. they're going to Vegas, so they play the Vegas teams to start the year. Yep. Um, First game against South Sydney. Yeah. Who we'll talk about, but have some injuries going into that game. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, okay, team number twelve. Cowboys. Eleven. Team number eleven. Uh, 11. Last Cowboys. year were Parramatta. What ladder am I looking? At? <laughs> Uh, so Para last year never quite recovered from the 2022 loss. Um, had that slow start to the season, couldn't get going, and and you know you sometimes see this from the runners up of the grand final. It's happened; they've missed the finals. Um, I yeah, I I don't have them making finals this year. I, either do I, I have them finishing 10th. And my big thing is last year, the big question about Parramatta was their back line. Their, their centers and their wingers were just not first grade quality. Yeah. And this off season, they did nothing to fix it. Yeah. There is so many good wingers and centers playing reserve grade for other teams. There is a guy sitting in the Sharks reserve grade who should be a starting center and will be an excellent starting center in Kyalero. And they just they haven't recruited anyone. And their back line for me is it's the worst in the NRL. I'm not talking about Gutho and Moses and Brown, because they're fantastic. It's it's yeah 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 outside backs and yeah it's yeah, they've picked me- up they've picked up two manly players and that's it. Yeah, um, one of them was like, Morgan Harper. Morgan, ha- Morgan yeah, Harper. Who wasn't playing first they have, last year. They have the fifth hardest draw in the comp, they start with the Bulldogs, which, you know, it's always a bit of a gritty contest. And then they play Penrith. Um, but they, over the course of the season, they play Broncos, Storm, Penrith, Souths, and the Roosters twice. Now, last year, they pumped Souths, mind you. But they beat, like, uh, every they, every time they verse Penrith, they win. Yeah. Yeah. So Penrith isn't the problem there. But I, I did not 
I don't think there's enough to make it very different to last year. No. Uh, where, where Particularly where teams have done so much recruitment or they've had something change in their season, like the new coach or the star signing. They've had none of that, which not necessarily always a bad thing to have that consistency, but I don't think who they've added is is enough. No. Look, Dylan Brown last year, obviously there was issues with him off field. Yeah. He missed some time. But they were fine during that period, so that wasn't really a big thing. The, like... Arthur's come out and said we're going to play whoever there's there's two hooking options it's either Lussick or Brendan Hance yeah and Arthur's come out and said we want an 80 minute hooker where every other team in the league has gone away from 80 minute hookers he re- he refuses to sub out his props in Polo RCG and Hopgood hmm. right and they're playing giant minutes and then they have to go and play Origin and by the end of the season these guys are these guys are gassed that his his rotations the start of these seasons has been very questionable. I think he, he runs his players into the ground a bit too much. And I think he's a good builder of players and he can develop players, but his rotations in-game, I think, have been bad. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I agree with you here that, he, that the style of football he's playing is not sustainable. Reminds me of the Roosters play that crash-through kind of game where it just generates injuries. Like yeah. the, the game is... The game does not want that kind of toughness in the game. Like the NRL doesn't want that type of cut toughness in the game anymore. I think is is the point. So, um, I actually have them finishing thirteenth. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. You have them right down. Yeah, but because you know they're one of those teams that they're there or thereabouts. But what's changed for them, and it has it done enough to improve their position? Yeah. I think. Look, I think Moses Brown Guffo gets you into that playing for finals football. Yeah. Might not make it in there, but yeah. Team 10th? Yeah. So 10th was Souths. Um, obviously, notorious season for them. Um, broke records for all the wrong reasons after that incredible start to the year. Got through that rough patch um, with Broncos, Penrith, Melbourne. Went into the Indigenous round and all fell away. This year is really about how they recover from that. And I think... Depending on how the year goes, there's going to be a lot of questions asked. There's going to be questions asked on their playmakers, um, Cody in particular and Damian Cook, just based on their age. Um, there's going to be questions, as always, around Luttrell. There's going to be a focus on him, regardless of whether he attracts attention or not. The coach is is going to be under a lot of pressure. I think like this is a this is a team that. Know, and a club that really needs results. They they need to be there. The game expects them to be there. It's the same with the Roosters. They just there's draw power there. Um, so there's all that, and then they get the addition of Jack Whiten. Um, Tom Burgess has announced it's going to be his last season with the club. Uh, he is on track to become the second most capped bunny um, if he sees this season out. I think he needs like 15 games, maybe less. Um, but yeah, I, I found it so hard, Michael. Like this is the first off season in a long time where I've had the t- the taste of disappointment for such a different reason. Like after the back to back to back to back, however many prelims, this was like I'm done with rugby league, and I'll think about it again the week before Michael and I go to podcast. That was literally <laughs> literally my mentality, and I genuinely have no idea what to expect with this season. Yeah. Because the, this season, the change in this season is we, we've brought in a couple of players. We lost an assistant coach that is surprised with, firstly, how it was handled and also the star power and the, the significance of that assistant coach to the club. And I think so, so much this season is really on 
How do we bounce back? And if we go through another patch around Origin where we lose two or three games, how do we handle that pressure? And that that's going to end up determining where we finish on the ladder, and which is then going to determine who makes it to next year. Yep. Uh, so um, I have South Sydney finishing sixth. I yep. think they make the top eight. Um, rough start to the season, though. You've lost Campbell Graham for six months. Yes. Which, very curious that couldn't you had this sternum injury all last year, went through a whole off season, and then two weeks out from the start of the season, he needs to have surgery. So something's going on there. I'm not quite sure. Uh, you've also lost Ty Monroe, who was your electric winger from la- who debuted last year, yep. who has all the talent in the world um, for probably the first four to six weeks of the season. Uh, so that's your that's your right edge, right side gone, mm. right your two starting right center and right wing. Um, They'll come back eventually. The key for me, for South Sydney, is Lachlan Elias needs to take that step. Yeah. Because as good as Cody and Latrell are, they're going to have their off nights. Yeah. Right? That, that's that the type of players that they are, right? And they're also old. But Lachlan Elias is 24, mm-hmm. right? He's playing his third year of third grade, first grade. Um, he needs to take that step into being a consistent game manager yeah. and not have bad games. Yeah. And just be, he doesn't need to be amazing. He just needs to be solid and do just just lead the team around the park. That's all he needs to do. He needs to be like that Chad Townsend type role. That's what he needs. That's what I expect out of Elias this year. If it doesn't happen, there are players who are going to take his spot. Yeah. Um I want to see Souths use Pete Mamazellas more. Um, I think they will. I, don't I, think, I think they I don't will. Think I think play eighty. No, I don't think Cookie will play eighty. We we used Havili a lot, um, who has been good, but I think that probably you need someone with a bit more speed uh, who can break the game open. And I think Mamazelos needs to be given that opportunity, especially if he's if they want him to eventually replace Cook as well. They've just re-signed him, so I assume that's the intention. So. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to watch with Souths, and that's before we get to Jack Wyden, um, yeah, who, who's going to miss the first two weeks, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think two, two weeks. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm assuming Wyden's going to be the left center. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would imagine. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that's going to happen this year, and um, it is my headline of the year too, but it's it might happen is Alex Johnson might break the record this year. I think he will break yeah. the record well, this year, barring injury. Barring injury and depending on South's success. Yeah. Um, but this could be the year, which is, which is history in itself. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, Huge, um, but, huge but honor. It is a massive, massive and I, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan, but it's a, it's a big year for the club. I think. No, one, no one thought that that record would get touched. No. And Alex Johnson looks like he's going to cruise into it. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Um, no, so uh, I have South 7th, by the way. Okay, yeah. so similar. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, Ninth last year was the Cowboys, who everyone was expecting, and by everyone I mean me, uh, to finish in the top two. Um, that was my prediction for last year. I had them seventh. Yeah. On the they ended up finishing ninth. Bizarre season. Absolutely crazy season. I don't know what happened or how it happened. Um, I actually don't have them going up. I have them coming 11th this year. I have them coming 13th this year. Yeah. See... This is, they're another team where it's like, okay, they've got Tamalolo, they've got Townsend, they've got a pretty decent coach. They were good a couple of years ago, but I'm having them 13th because I haven't seen 
And it's not always the case where you buy someone new or you get a new coach where you suddenly improve and everyone else regresses. But I feel like this is the year where that middle pack is very much, it's open slather for those spots in the eight. Yeah. And South's probably scrape in based on experience and their roster. And the Dolphins probably based on their coach. And Melbourne, who are my eighth and coming up, they are there because they're Melbourne. But it could be anyone. Okay. Yeah. I Look, so my reasoning is, first of all, there's been some troubling headlines coming out from up there. Obviously, changing leadership. Townsend, yeah. Tamalolo, yeah. fired from captains. Tamalolo might be out on the outs of the club, you know, uh, after he signed this giant 10-year contract for ten year, $10 million, 10 years, right? They want to end that early. Um, Townsend wasn't anywhere near as good as he should have been last year. Um, he's Maybe maybe it's age. I don't know. Um you know, uh, Luciano Lelua has asked for an immediate release out of a club. You don't normally do that if it's a it's a good club. Mm. You don't see that happening. And like I thought, he was going to get one of those starting edge spots anyway. Now it's definitely going to be Helam Luki, which is great. But Nanai last year, after that amazing rookie season, wasn't as good last year. Uh, their one shining light is Scott Drinkwater, who was amazing. Uh, accounted for. I believe it was 45% of their tries last year, whether it be scoring or assisting. Yeah. Which is just insane. Um, but I just, I I see them regressing a little bit more. I, I wasn't sold on them, on them last year. I, they had an easy schedule in 2022. And then, you know, once you start performing like that, you become a hunted team and teams start preparing for you more. I think it, it hit them in the face last year. And I don't, I don't think... I don't think that there's going to be that improvement. I don't think that they are a top eight side. No. The, on, the, the team on paper doesn't do it for me. Mind you, we did think this two years ago. Yeah, we, we did. Weren't, we, weren't, we, did. we weren't sold on them. And, and we had them coming last, though, yeah. and then they finished second. Yeah. But then... We really can't get them, can yeah. we? Yeah. No. Um, we're doing well. No. The so Brisbane well. teams were... Uh, the, the Queensland teams were really good at predicting. Yeah. Um, okay. Last year, in eighth spot, were Canberra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I have Canberra coming last. So do I. Really? Yep. Oh dear. Yep. Um, the reason the reason for me is they have Daniel Levi playing number nine. Yeah. Uh, who is a journeyman who has never been a starting quality hooker. Has always been there to fill a job or be an injury replacement, but he's not a starting NRL first quality number nine. Uh, K.O. Weeks is scheduled to be the number six. Yeah. Uh, was on and off last year at Manly. Wasn't great. You know, played all over the back line. Yeah. Chevy Stewart is proposed to be the number one. Mm. So three of their spine members, all rookies or, you know, sub below average NRL players. I just, and Chevy Stewart for me is a year off being uh, built to play. NRL football is quite diminutive for a fullback. Yeah. Um, and look, mate, look, we've seen that work. Ryan Pappenhausen, for example. But this team's spine and then their backs, It's there's just... But they've lost depth too. They've, they've lost, lost Wyden, Frawley, Croker. Like, that's a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, the, the, their the, defense last year was shot. Like, they had, like, the fourth worst defense in the competition. Like, and they they never won a game more than 10 points. They had one of the worst point differentials in the NRL, even though they finished eighth. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, yes, I'm saying Canberra finished last. They have signed some great young talent. And yeah. they have some excellent young talent coming through. It's just not going to happen for them this year. Um, 
Ethan Strange uh, from the Roosters, I believe they stole, who's a centre, 5'8". He could play some 5'8 this year. Yeah. Quite talented. Ethan Saunders, who tore up uh, the under-19s for New South Wales last year, um, is a halfback who they're stealing from Parramatta, yep. who comes next year. So they've got – they've recruited really well. They've got – Ricky's obviously made this statement that what we've got at the club at the moment isn't going to work. Let's tear it down. Let's bring, let's build from young, from, from a youth. So in three years' time, four years' time – They'll look good. They'll look good. It is, it is a rebuilding year. It yeah, is a rebuilding year. And I, you ask every Canberra fan, they're going to say the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, so, um, okay, moving on to seventh place, the Roosters, mm-hmm. Michael. Yep. Last year, I don't think they got into the eight until the last round. Last round, where to win. They, yep. um, when they beat South. They've, as always, done some recruiting. There's been some movement. It's the final year for a few players, a few big names at your club. You're clearing the decks. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're going to bring you on as a podcast manager or something. Um, but I, I would love to. Yeah, I know. So Billy Smith has re-signed. Manu's out um, after this year. Jared's retiring. Um, Crichton is looks like he's also going to join Manu in French rugby. Um, Suli is obviously off to rugby union as well. Um, there is a good chance that Daniel Tupu also retires. That is six, six. Mm. Insanely important players from that 2008, or not Suwali, but from that 2018-19. Yeah, for this year, for this year, you've lost Baker, Paolo, Momorowski, Hutchinson, Turpin, Corey Allen, Nathan Brown. Um, all you know, they're pretty big names. All of them. Baker's not. Jackson Paul is not. But you know, some of the others, they're they're handy players. Yeah, handy players. Hold on, hold on. Okay, yes, they are. But you have a look at our depth. Yeah, and I know, is, Mike. I is. know your depth. Don't worry. Excellent. Yeah. And those players were fringe first grade players. Um, this year, look, this year is all or nothing, pretty much. You you mentioned all those players who are leaving at the end of this year. It is all or nothing for us. Um, yeah, it is. It is probably up, the best team on paper. Yeah, but picked up Dom Young and Spencer Lenu. So, yeah. um, My, can very I just, handy? Can I just say, mm. first of all, awful that Dom Young got injured on the weekend. Mm. Sad to miss him for the first few weeks of competition. Watching him chase down the manly winger from the other side of the field, his speed is insane. Was the winger Jackson Polo? No, it wasn't. Oh. I think it was. It was. I can't remember who it was. Um, but the key for the Roosters is the Kerry Walker combination. Yeah, they've played thirty-three games together. Obviously, both have been injured or dropped at some point in time. Uh, that combination needs to click for us to work. Um. Soft draw. Soft draw. Very soft draw, actually, which is amazing. Um, mm. But so there, there is a possibility that these are the players who are missing from the first from our best 17. Satili Tupanua, Egan Butcher, Sandon Smith, and uh, Joseph Suali. And Young. Uh, no, no, Young. Would, uh, he, 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 I would say he's in our best 17. Yeah. Okay. Um, Assuming that Suwali would be one of the centers, so that is that is potentially like four players who are going to be eighteen to twenty-one. So, if we do have injuries, we're covered for a portion, which is great because that's been a bit of a curse for the last few years. I don't have us winning the competition. I don't have us finishing minor premiers. I have I have us finishing third. I have you finishing fifth. Um, 
It depends on your start again. Like yeah. it's so, just. It's I think. Too... I think. I think it was a very telling sign that Robbo decided to play basically a full strength sign in the trials, which I've never seen him do yeah. in the ten years because he understands and he knows that our so, our slow starts the last two years especially have meant that when it comes to rounds twenty to twenty seven. We've basically had to play finals football week in, week out to make sure that we scrape into the eight. Yeah. We don't want that to happen again. So I think it's it's something that the whole organization understands that we can't start how we have the last two years. I like I still can't work out what went wrong with the Roosters last year. I, I like I really can't. Like you know, all the Walker Tedesco Kiri stuff, what the hell was going on there? I don't know. Teddy tried to do too much. I mean, even um, in that trial on the weekend, I saw he ran hundred and ninety six meters. Yeah. But he was his ball playing was a bit better, which yeah. is which is good, which he felt which fell off a cliff last year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, look, I I have us finishing third. I'd love us to win the comp, but the 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 one thing I will say, and I have it here in bold, you can see it. Love, Wong. Wong. See a Wong. Yeah. Yeah. He is my he. I think he has the potential to be the best forward in the game. Imagine being up in a set and having to tackle him and then Lenu. And then Jared. Yeah. And then yeah. Terrell May. And then Terrell May. Yeah. And then and Sam then, Walker. And then Lindsay Collins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Last year, Cronulla came sixth. Yeah. Okay. I have them coming 10th. I don't know why I don't rate this team. I have them coming 11th. Yeah. So I, I don't rate them either. I, I just, there's just something about this team, and you know what? Maybe this year it's going to be, you know, Fitzy gets it right. But there's just, it, I'm uneasy about them. Yeah, I, I don't rate them. I don't, I don't. You know, a couple of years ago they got into the top four on the back of that draw. They got their pants pulled down in the finals last year. It kind of got going towards the end of the year. They had a good game against Penrith, I think, just after Origin. Yeah, but they still didn't score in that game. It was like twenty to. I know, or something, I know. A good game, and then I know they... it was a good game because they kind of pulled together and slowed Penrith down. But and then they lost first game in the finals and they were out at home. But having said what I just said, Cronulla once again have the easiest draw in the comp. Yeah, uh, they play less top eight sides than any other. Um, so the Roosters and Sharks have played, and this is including this year, have, are going to play each other three times in three years, which is like I like playing the Sharks. Why? Why? Why have we had a single game against them every year? Why does this keep happening? Right, and like that one game is at Magic Round this year. It's television, Mike. It's it's it, the draw. Let's not get started on the draw. That'll be mid season. Yeah. Um. I look. I for me, Fitzy's big problem, and I think the world of Craig Fitzgibbon, you know that. But his big problem last year was he was too hesitant to make a call and make a change at the back line. Yeah. And it was too late before he did it. Um. Obviously, dropping Moylan, uh, Trindle's going to have that number six jersey to start the season. Um. I don't know. I still don't think he's an amazing six. I think there might be better options. The The thing for Cronulla is that next year they have Adam Fanor Blake coming in. I'm pretty sure they only have like eight players contracted uh, in 2025. So if it doesn't work this year, this is one of my bold headlines is Sharks just tear it down. Did you just mention Tracy? No, no Tracy's gone. Tracy's he's gone, gone to the dogs. dogs. Yeah, yeah. He's gone to the dogs. Yeah. The, like Kyle, Kyle Lero, for example, yeah. is he was the under he was the reserve grade um, player of the year two years ago and led the league uh, reserve comp last year in meters, yeah. uh, post contact meters, and cannot get a spot in this team. Talakai uh, Talakai is a great, he, he's a good offensive center. I just for me, he doesn't 
I, I think your better position would be a 12, uh, sorry, an edge back rower. Um, aging team as well, you know, for Nukin. I just, this team, uh, Hines has to do too much. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on them. I just, uh, I wasn't last year and I wasn't the year before. They finished in the top eight both times. What do yeah. I know? But I, Look, I had them finishing them. in the top eight, but like I just, this year, I think that the competition is has gotten better above, below them that they're going to miss out. Yeah. I am with you on that. Okay, fifth place last year was Newcastle. I actually have them making the top four. Okay. Copy we this. Differ, we differ here. Copy this, paste it, send it to Paul's tourists, put it on camera. Top four. I have them finishing ninth. Okay. I think Dom Young's going to be a big loss. Yep. Um, also, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who I thought was really good for them at the back end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, apparently, Kai Pierce Paul, and I forgot to mention this at the start of the podcast, but Kai Pierce Paul has been training the house down, as has every single player in the NRL who apparently trains the house down. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, a he's great off-season. Great off-season. No one's ever had a bad training gallop except for David Noffaluma. Um The stories about bad off-season come out about six weeks in. Yeah. But they're all going, <laughs> I heard that there was an incident in training yeah, in the off-season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but like Ponga had to do a lot at the back end of last year. A lot. Now, he only played for... He, he missed a lot of the start of the year due to concussion. Started the comp at six and then finally move back to fullback. But can he re-emulate what he did at the end of last year? He he played so well that he did the the Tom Draboyevich, the Jared Hayne, and just went well, on a run where he ended up winning the Dalian. That's what I was going to ask. That's literally what I was leading into. Was that just his Jared Hayne on-field moment where he was literally carried that team? Mm, I, I don't. That's that's why I, I'm trepidating. Like, I'm... There's trepidation in me thinking that the Knights can continue to do what they did last year. Ninth, I think, is a, you know, they're going to be fighting for the eight. I just think that, you know, I, last year we had them finishing almost last, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, I like, know. they improved a lot, but uh, I just can't see them emulating it can, again. Can I tell you my reasoning here, Mike? I just think that it's been a bit of a slog for them, right? Like, they had that appearance been a few in the 2020. Years, yeah. They had a, but they've had a tough 10 years. I, I do feel like. There's a lot of self-belief in that team now, and they they had the taste of the football last year, and they they just they want to be part of it again. Yeah. I, I they're going to have that, they're going to have an excellent home crowd at every game. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And if they get that, and you know, and they 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 can win what ten of those twelve games, you only need to win three or four away games, and you end up like in what the bottom four, the the fifth to eighth. Yeah. Um, so I look, I have them in the top four. It's probably a bit of an overhype, but someone's got to fill those spots. I told you, there's a lot of teams I think that can probably make the, the the area just below that. But the top four, I'm basically giving it to teams in the finals from last year that I think on experience. Fair enough. Yep. Look, they did um they did squeak by Canberra, who no one gave them any chance last year in the first game, and then they ended up getting pumped by the Warriors. Yeah. In New Zealand, to say that, but like the not the game against the Raiders was at home and they had to come from behind and win. So, like, it wasn't a, an amazing showing in the finals. They got there, which is amazing. Yeah. But their finals football wasn't anything crash hot. Yeah. But they're 9-1 and one to get there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He, Caelan but, Ponga but did everything. But sometimes that's that. Sometimes that's all you need. Like, don't forget, they had that disjointed start to the year. Ponga started at 5-8 and then he moved to fullback. It's like maybe with the full year, it'll just be like, actually, this is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. All right. 
Agree to disagree. Sure. That's what we do. Yep. Um, okay. The Warriors came fourth last year. I have them coming second. I have them coming fifth. Yeah. Um, I Very similar to the Cowboys from 2020, um, 2022, mm. where they're not going to catch people by surprise anymore. Everyone's no. going in there and they're going to want to give their best against the Warriors. It caught a lot of teams by surprise yeah. last year. Um, but RTS coming back, yep. amazing. Yep. Right? He, and he's... And the fact that they've said, yes, you're coming back. You're one of New Zealand's greatest players. But CNK was so good at fullback last year that he gets that spot and you're going to be playing center. Yeah. And he's happy to accept that. Yeah. Great sign. Yeah. Right? Amazing sign. Adam Fanuel Blake, probably the second best prop in the comp last year. Luke Capewell going over. Great signing. Great leadership. Kurt. Kurt Capewell. Yeah. Um, and Torhu Harris was one of the best locks in the game last yes. year. My big question is who's going to be the 5'8"? Mm. Going to be Metcalf, going to be Tamari Martin. Is it going to be Chanel Harris to Vita? Yeah. I don't know. Options, options, depth. I think I think they're in a really good place. They also yeah. have an incredibly soft draw. Yeah. They have the second easiest draw in the comp, and that's got to account for something. We've yep. seen that that can get teams into the top four before. Yeah. So, and I think Webster's a great coach as well. So, yeah, like, he's not going to let a soft draw, you know, hold them back or anything like that. He's he's going to make sure that they're up for every game regardless of who yeah. they're playing. Yeah. The culture there at that club is completely different. And that crowd, again, similar to Newcastle, every home game is going to be an event. And teams take get like teams take like their home games and go play in different places in New Zealand as well. We see games go to Eden Park. Right? Did I see that the Warriors have a sold-out trial this week I on the road? That, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. That is inc- that is amazing. They are beloved in New Zealand, which yeah. is awesome. I don't have them obviously dropping out of the eight. I just they were, they were fourth last year. That is leaps and bounds better than what anyone thought they would do. Uh, and I'm dropping back just a little bit, just because the, some of the teams I think below them might come up a bit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Only one team actually. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Third place, Melbourne. Yep. Melbourne last year, we spoke about them, okay? I made the mistake last year, I'm pretty sure, of not putting them in the eighth. They're going to finish in the eighth. I have them eighth, okay? I have them eighth because it's Melbourne and it's Craig Bellamy and it's probably his last year. It's, uh, it, I think it is his last year, it, yeah. It, it's his last year, okay? Yeah. There's no way he's leaving that club not playing finals. Yeah. We spoke last year, Mike, so often, probably more on off-air than on, about the fact that they were an underwhelming Third. Yeah, which is they it's, were just, uh, it's like it's they were third. It's like oh, Melbourne were third. It's a bad season for them. No, but they finished third. That yeah. is amazing for so many teams in competition. They lost all that depth to the Dolphins and ends up third. Incredible. Yeah, but I feel like by the end of that season, it really showed that they just lacked the depth. They they it struggled. Was, it was the forward depth especially. Yeah, and obviously, so Pappenhausen is going to be back, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. He just changes how they play. Yeah. Um. I don't think Grant's going to be playing 80 minutes, which will really help because he looked exhausted by the end of the season. Um. I think Sean Bloor's a great recruit, just a, a impact edge player that they didn't have last year on that left side. Um. And you know you're going to have Nelson. Nelson's their big impact prop, but they they are missing a bit in the forward pack still. I think they need yeah. one more player. 
I think that's their that's their one thing. And that player could be Jack Howarth, who's been touted to be debuting for years and years and never has um well, I think he played one game, but like he's everyone everyone rates this kid and he could be that guy. I just that it hasn't happened yet. Um so we'll see. But I have them finishing fourth because Melbourne is Melbourne and I will refuse to not have them somewhere in that three to six range. They also have the hardest draw this year. They play um, last year's top eight 14 times, mm-hmm. but they so, were one of the top eight teams. So they yeah, everyone. So everyone twice. Yeah. But, but again, like that's based off last year's schedule. Yeah. So like that, like we, we do this toughest draw thing based on last year's schedule. Two teams always drop out, two teams come in. Mm. So it changes. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Last year's second place were the Broncos. Yep. Runners up. Yep. Vice captain and captain are fighting. <laughs> Loosely. Loosely fighting. Loosely. Bit of a brouhaha. A bit of a fluffle. Bit of a brouhaha. Yeah. Um. They've I, lost I two have, key players. That's my big concern. They have. I, I have them coming second though. I have them coming first. Yeah. Well, I think they'll win the regular season. Yeah. Uh, they usually do well in the regular season. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're second. Yeah. They, I think they're going to do quite well, but I, I have my doubts about them. Yeah. I I think they're going to be a great team. Maybe, there is, maybe they do cop a bit of... I'm, I'm hoping they don't have the Parramatta effect where they make the grand final, they lose in heartbreaking fashion, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. But they can't get complacent and then fall out of the eight. You know, I think this is a big year for Ezra Mam. He's going to slowly start taking over from Adam Reynolds yeah. more and more as Reynolds ages. Um, I think... I think Reynolds was... I I think that... So we talk about these teams and how they bounce back. The The only one that I can think of in recent memory that's actually bounced back so well from a grand final loss is, the Roos, is um, Penrith after 2020. Yeah. Okay. And look how they've bounced back. That is the is a testament to really Nathan Cleary. And I, I, as someone that's watched Adam Reynolds closely for their entire career, you're smiling. I don't know why. I don't really know if he has it in him to handle that adversity. So that's my big question is how much can Adam Reynolds give? Yeah. Like he's he's getting up there in age and he has injuries. Yeah. Right? He's not a big body. They, he gets targeted every week in defense. So how much can he give? Because their success relies on him. Yeah. As much as Reese Walsh and Payne Haas and Patrick Carrigan are amazing players, he's the one who steers them around the park every week. So yeah, he's uh, he's like, the key. You know, the, like a lot of these teams, the halfback is the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, but he is really the key because he is really in the pro, in the not the prime, but he he's literally in the in the final stage of his career. He really wanted this premiership, and there whether it was fair or not, there was a lot of conversation at the back end of last year after the grand final about his future. Should he retire now? Blah blah blah. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to really pin it all on him, but, it, you know, when Mam had the game he did, you're not going to blame Mam. But there were moments in that game where I thought that he did not have the hunger of someone that was 34 years old and wanted to win a premiership, go to a different club and be the person that brought them the premiership. Yeah. 
that uh, there, there, there was no, and I, he's not obviously in the league of Kronk, but in, you had Reynolds that was playing his first grand final at the new club. He hadn't won the premiership for nine years. He'd lost the grand final two years earlier to the same team. And you had, he was up against Cleary who had had his own criticisms about big games, but more so about origin. And he's playing his third consecutive grand final and showed that he wanted it more. And I, and I think that this is it, it's all going to hinge on Reynolds. And you could see it at stages through the season. You could see it in when Souths carved them up. He comes out with the energy, um, all the energy and all the intent. And, and he used to do this for Souths. And he did it in origin. And he had all this purpose. And then when it doesn't go his way, he goes into his shell. And part of me thinks if Brisbane's season goes a bit awry or it gets to finals, after they finish second, it's going to be the same thing that holds them back. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Penrith because you obviously have them two and I have them one. Is that right? I have them one. You have them one. Yeah. Sorry, I have them two. You have them one. Yeah. Um, off the back of arguably the greatest 20 minutes of football from an individual player that anyone has ever seen Yeah. in what Nathan Cleary did. I refuse, like, they will lose games in the regular season. They have gone four years in a row making the grand final. Yeah. Right. They know that regardless of where they finish on the ladder, they're going to be playing finals football. Like they not regardless of where, they're going to be good enough to be playing finals football and probably be playing in the grand final, whether it's first or second. Yeah. I think that you know it might be a bit of a slower start. They have to go over to England, um, to play the World Club Challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. So and they started they started slow last year and they lost two in a row. Yeah. Um, to the Broncos. I, to the Broncos. I but I and. The, a bit like last year, they, they keep on losing all these players, losing Critter and they're losing Spencer Lenu this year, and yet it doesn't matter. They keep on replacing him with even better talent. Last year was probably their best team they've ever had, right? Even after losing the likes of Coruscant, Kurt Capewell, Viliami Kikau, Matt Burton, they keep on losing these players and they just keep on getting better and better. And it's because Nathan Cleary is the best player in the game, and until he proves to me otherwise. And that team proves to me otherwise. I refuse to tip against them to win this competition mm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no reason not to pick them for minor premiership yeah. and premiership. Yeah. Like, I, I hear everything you're saying, and but we've said every year, and I'm pretty sure I haven't tipped them any of those three years, but I like, why, why would we not? Yeah. Like, why, why would I not tip them? Yeah. Uh, where they, we have all these great teams. They bring in their new rosters. Okay, Penrith have lost players, and I actually think they've lost the player now that's actually going to impact matter. them. Yeah, I, he is the one. But we thought this about Burton. We thought this about RP. We thought this about. We thought it about so many people. Okay, Crichton might actually be the one. And I think I don't know if he is, but I don't know if he is either. But there are moments in the grand final that make me think. I don't think Penrith wins that grand final without. Crichton. I think Cleary was incredible, but I think that Crichton's support for Cleary and yeah, his he, ability to read those, the plays. He had those three huge plays at the back yeah. end of the game as well. He he had the the he forced the drop out on Reese Walsh. He scored the try. And there was one other thing that he did as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And and but but un, until I see it unfold and, and given the experience, I I why would I say that someone else is going to pip Penrith? Yeah. Like they they might fall off a bit, okay, and they, and they might they might be less successful 
than last year in terms of how they win the game. There were periods last year where it looked like, oh, they've fallen off the wagon. They lost to a Broncos side that didn't make finals the year before, and no one really knew what to think of them in the first round. They lost to the Tigers. There were moments last year, but hey, at the end of the day, they ended up finishing at the what, top of the ladder. Yeah, I never doubted them. And and they ended up winning the comp. And, and I, remember, I remember looking at my dad. It was fifty-seven minutes. Fifty-seven minutes in the grand final. It was twenty-four to eight. Yeah. And I looked at my dad. and I was watching the game with. Him, I go. There's still time. Yeah. There's, there's so much time. <laughs> I never counted them out, even at that point. So much time. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we do it? Um, that's our. We'll do our ladder. So uh, for me, I had coming in uh, first. I had Brisbane Panthers second, Roosters third. Storm fourth, Warriors fifth. Uh, I had the South sixth, Titans seventh, uh, Dolphins eight, and then bottom nine and Knights, Parramatta, Sharks, Tigers, Cowboys, Manly, Bulldogs, Dragons, and then Wooden Spoon, Canberra Raiders. Yeah. Okay. My top uh, eight were Penrith, Warriors, Newcastle, Broncos, top four. Roosters, Dolphins, Souths, Melbourne, bottom four of the eight. And then uh, the rest, Titans, Sharks, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Eels, Manly, Tigers, and then like Mike, Dragons, and Canberra. Now, for so, anyone that's listened to this podcast before, that's probably all wrong. Yeah. Um, so, so The two differences we had is you had the Knights in the top eight, I had the Titans in the top eight. Yeah. It's basically it. Pretty much. Yeah. Everything else was one or two positions either way. Yeah. Uh, all right, grand final. Mm. Who wins? Who versus who wins? I think it's the same as last year. I think it's the same as last year as well. And Penrith win. I have Penrith winning as well, and I have Nathan Cleary winning the Clive Churchill medal. Yeah, okay. and I think Penrith win comfortably. Okay. Mm. Mm. Top try scorer? Top try scorer, Alex Johnston. I have DWZ. Yeah, good call. Just uh, something different. Yeah. And uh, my big headlines, uh, Eels and Sharks, blow it up. And Ricky is done as camera coach. Interesting. No good alternative there now that Madge is coaching New South Wales. My big headline, and it's not even a bold prediction, it's Alex Johnson, uh, top try scorer Love of it. all time. Love it. How good. How good. Is all right. Rugby league. That is our season preview. It is. And uh, if you're watching this or seeing clips of this, Michael. Yeah, we are. We are going to post a video of this. Can I wave? Uh, you can wave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to post a video of this. We're going to post snippets. I'm going to be setting up a TikTok account for this podcast. Yeah, I'm the one is... in the South jersey, if there's any doubt. <laughs> and a big, big thank you to our producer, James. Yes. Booth, who's organized this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely us. incredible. It's going to be a lot more video content this year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Uh, Poor James. Always, Poor James. He's a Dragons fan. We asked for his... um two-minute take on the team, but he didn't have an hour. Didn't want to give it. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I've heard from a lot of Dragons fans, actually. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, hit us up on all the socials. We're going to be posting the tipping comp soon. Um, the details for the tipping comp, which we always run. and Probably tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And as always, Emmanuel. One more five, thing yeah. for season five. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, guys.